Hello, friends and sisters and brothers in Christ. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We appreciate your presence and your feedback, I will say. Yes. We are your hosts, Carrie and Becky Holton. Yes, welcome to the podcast, and today we are wrapping up our 14-week series on elders, and today we want to talk about the leadership team, the leadership team of your church, and this episode, number 139, is entitled, The Leadership Team. We're we're creative like that. <laughs> yes, the leadership <laughs> team. And, oh, by the way, honey, in this case, that article, the, in the title, is a very important word in the title. We want to discuss the leadership team of your church. Okay? Okay. Why is that article important for our discussion on the leadership team? I'm so glad you asked, English grammar (laughs) breath. Well, we want to discuss the leadership team versus a leadership team. I mean, when we refer to the leadership team of your church, we're referring in this podcast to the leadership at the top of the organization. And, of course, we're talking about the top of the church. I don't like calling the church an organization, but I just can't think of a more descriptive term Mm -hmm. at present. This leadership team at the top of the organization, at the top of the line chart. The leadership team. The one at the top of the line (laughs) chart, if you will. This is the team that makes the major decisions in the church. It's the team that sets the direction of the church. This is the team of leaders where the buck stops, to borrow President Truman's phrase. Well, we're talking about the elders of a local church, right? Because in most all of the churches, in our experience, the elders are the ones who make the church's major decisions. In some churches, the elders make most all of the decisions, in fact. So when we're referring to the leadership team, we're referring to the elders of the local church, right? Is that the team that we're talking about when we talk about the leadership team? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, you're right. I mean, in our experience, the leadership team is primarily composed of a church's elders or eldership. And you might think of other leadership teams in the church. Every ministry in the church probably has a leadership team. The Bible classes, the small groups may have leadership teams who direct them. Of course, Mm -hmm. this is a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing that there are additional leaders in the church who are not particularly titled like elders are. If we define leadership as influence, all of us are leaders, right? So hopefully the church is full of leaders. Absolutely. We hope this is the case anyway. In this podcast, we want to talk about the leadership team in a church, and we're talking about governance to some extent. I mean, some churches call this the senior leadership team. Others might call it the executive team. Whatever we call this team of leaders, we're talking about that team of leaders who have some degree of governance in that church, who who set the direction and who make most of the major decisions. Well, when you put it like that, I think we should begin by saying that a church does, in fact, need a team of leaders to make major decisions to set or approve the direction a church takes. Okay. I I don't believe the New Testament smiles upon one-man rule in the church, do you? No person. Well, we've talked about it before, for example, that in the New Testament, there's always a plurality of elders in each church, never just one elder. So... Can't we say at the start of this episode about 
the leadership team, that leadership is at the top of the organization, at the top of the church. I don't like that language, but I don't know how else to get it across. That leadership should be composed of a team of leaders rather than one or two individuals. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, there is wisdom in a team of leaders who share the responsibility of the overall health and direction of the church rather than giving that responsibility to just one or two individuals. Mm -hmm. The Lord doesn't need us to affirm this for it to be true, of course, but we all no doubt see the wisdom in having a plurality of elders rather than having a singular elder who has all of this responsibility. Right, right. Well, and beyond the fact that the leadership team in a church should, in fact, be a team of leaders, I want us to address this question, and that is who should be on this team? Who should be the members of the leadership team or the senior leadership team in a church? Okay. You know, earlier on this podcast, we stated that in our experience, the elders of a church fill this role, that in our experience and probably in the experience of most of our listeners, the elders are the ones who comprise a church's leadership team. So shouldn't the elders be on this team? Yeah. Now we're getting to what what may be new in the minds of most people. Mm -hmm. Most people in the church may not have considered what we're going to be uh, thinking about, reflecting on. Okay. Uh, But but yeah. Oh, yes, you're right. The elders or at least at least some of the elders should be on this team. But I also believe some others should be on this team. And that may be the new idea that most people have never really considered very much. I do believe that some or all of the ministers of a church should be on this particular team. That the minister or ministers should be on this team along with some or all of the elders like I said, it may be a new idea for some of our listeners. I think in our fellowship, as you've said, we, we've tended to draw a sharp distinction between the elders and the ministers. We've tended not to want to grant authority to ministers as we do to elders. We've tended not to see the ministers as part of the governance team in the local church, if you will. So, as I said, this may be a new idea for church leaders to consider, that their minister or ministers should have a seat at the table when we think about the leadership team of a church. Hmm. Well, I definitely think the New Testament would validate this approach. I can't imagine, let's say, Timothy not being part of a leadership team of the church of Ephesus, along with the elders of the Ephesian church. I can't imagine Titus not being part of the leadership team of the churches on the island of Crete. Certainly, I can't imagine Paul or Peter not being part of the leadership teams of the churches they served. I can't imagine elders in the first century churches making major decisions without consulting and discussing with Paul or Timothy or Titus, for example. But more than being consulted, you're saying ministers should have a position on the church's leadership team, right? I am. That's what I'm saying. I certainly feel ministers should be consulted before major decisions that affect the health and direction of the church are made. But oftentimes, and probably more often than not, they are not consulted. Having them on the leadership team ensures that they can weigh in on important matters. And by the way, why shouldn't they be consulted? regarding the direction of the church. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't they be consulted on major decisions that affect the church? I mean, why would you not consult your ministers? I mean, you pay them. Mm -hmm. You regard them as having some kind of expertise 
in spiritual things, why would you not consult with them on major decisions? Mm -hmm. And let me give an example. It's a personal example. I'm not even sure I should share it to tell you the truth, but it's an example of how not to make major decisions. How not to do it would be to not consult with your minister. Again, the church where I once served as the preacher wanted to hire a youth minister. And the elders of that church made the decision to hire a certain young man without even consulting me. I was not granted permission to be a part of that decision. Now, had I been granted that permission to weigh in on the selection of that young man, I would have said, no, don't do it. I felt he was the wrong person for the job, and I said so. I just didn't say it in an elders meeting, and as it turned out, I think most of the parents would agree that he was the wrong person for the job. He he just was not a good influence on our church's teenagers. You were able to speak up about that decision, though. Oh, yeah. I spoke up about it. I took the initiative to speak up about it, but the elders did not solicit my perspective. But the important thing here is that I was not a part of that decision. Mm-hmm. I just think it would have been better if I, the minister of that church, had been part of the decision-making process, that on that leadership team, in the presence of all of the decision-makers, I could have discussed the decision with the elders. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, yes, I remember this situation well, and I don't know why you weren't part of that decision. After all, you would be working closely with that youth minister since he would become a member of the ministry staff. And it was almost presented to you, if I recall correctly, it was like saying, here's your colleague, you have to work together now, make great things happen, you know, and to me, it seemed very short sighted of the elders not to involve you. And by the time you even found out about it, it was way far in the process, you know, to where it almost felt counterproductive to even talk about it. And oftentimes we say, you know, elders should be involved in decisions because they may know something. And I think the same applies to ministers. And I can think of a couple of other illustrations and examples of this very thing where a minister, you in particular, were not even invited to have a voice in some of those conversations. And you had information that should have been a part of that because you were so invested and connected with the membership. So I think it's just was short-sighted not to even invite the sharing of your perspective, whether they accepted it or not. It was important for what you needed to say, and it proved its point. Spoken like a true supportive preacher's wife. Just speaking truth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I... I really don't have an axe to grind here. It may sound like I do. It may sound like I'm not over that event, which which I think I am. Well, and this is not about ego. This is about why didn't you talk to me? That's not this. It's just about helping keep the functioning of the church healthy and effective and on track with Scripture. Well, if you're going to hire a minister or ministers to have certain expertise and, and to work together in unity and harmony, then I think you're going to want to consult with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm sure that my experience is not uncommon. I mean, my oh, guess. Oh, no, it's not. No, my yeah. guess is that in many churches, elders make major decisions without ever consulting with those on the ministry staff. And, and I believe that's just a recipe for failure. I mean, the minister or at least some of the ministers need to be on that key leadership team 
of their church. To me, it just makes common sense from where I sit. Well, I think it's pointing to a, a deeper problem, and that is the collaborative uh, working together nature of okay. ministers mm-hmm. and elders. It's not employer, employee. You know, I think that's this may be pointing to a mindset that needs to be challenged. And you've introduced your belief that ministers of a church should be on the senior leadership team or the executive team or whatever you want to call this team. <laughs> I guess the name really isn't important, but here's a question for you. Do you think others should be on this team besides the minister? Okay. You know, now we, we tend to get in a rut, the way we see things, the way we view things. We, we, we tend to get in this leadership rut. We don't see any other way. So your question is a good one. Uh, well, perhaps, yes, perhaps there should be others on this key leadership team. We're talking about the leadership team that has responsibility for the health and direction of the church. Right. Why shouldn't others beside the elders be on this team? Why should they be the only ones on this team? That's what we're asking. Well, what we've said is because the New Testament says that they are the ones responsible for providing spiritual oversight. They're the overseers, and neither the ministers nor anyone else in the church is actually given that job of oversight, so that's why we've said true, that. True, true, very true, and that's a good point. And, you know, I do believe that elders should have oversight in a local church, by right. all means, and that surely means that they have authority, else they could not carry out their responsibilities. But we're talking about the team in a church that that sets the direction of the church, that makes major decisions in a church. I'm saying that I don't know any reason why the oversight team made up of the elders should be the same as the leadership team that sets the direction of the church. Okay? Okay. Now, let's, let's think about this in another way. You often see a model of leadership in the world that includes these two leadership teams that we're talking about. You have a board of trustees, for example, that sets policy, and then you have a leadership team that makes day-to-day decisions and then implements the policies set forward by the board. I don't know of a biblical reason why this model of leadership could not be practiced in the church. It's very common among nonprofits. Yeah. Way of management. Yeah, I would see elders as sort of a board of trustees. I mean, they have the responsibility of oversight of the entire operation, oversight of the church. They are the ones who protect the established mission and vision of the church. But they may not be the best ones who should be making the day-to-day decisions. You could have another team that does that, and I don't believe the scriptures prohibit that kind of leadership model. I don't believe that by having those two kinds of leadership teams that you are going against or violating anything in scripture that I know about. Mm-hmm. It certainly sounds like something that it's a new idea and something that is very effective and it would enable a lot more to get done. I think it would be good to come back to this topic, possibly in a future podcast. Yeah. You know, I I do think there's more we could say about this. I mean, for example, besides assuming that everyone on this leadership team has met the biblical qualifications of leadership, I think we could talk about what other qualities of leadership are needed by those on this team. For Mm -hmm. example, I mean, I, I think you will want every member of this leadership team to be fully aligned with the purpose and the goals of the church, which the elders have set forth, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, for the sake of unity and effectiveness, I think churches are going to want the members of this leadership team, call it whatever you want, the executive team, the senior leadership team, whatever. I think churches are going to want members of this team to be 100% aligned on why the church exists, where it's going in the future, and how it's going to get there. Absolutely. I mean, if they're not aligned, there will not be unity. And that, as you said a minute ago, that is the recipe for disaster. Yes. So maybe we'll come back to this topic in a future episode. But before we close, I know you have something else you're just itching to say. (laughs) I didn't even ask. I I just know you have it. (laughs) On this topic, you know, we're just trying to encourage church leaders to reexamine their leadership model. Uh, to consider the legitimacy and the value of placing others besides the elders on this leadership team that sets the direction of the church, that makes the major day-to-day decisions of the church. And incidentally, making changes that involve placing ministers and even other members of the church on this leadership team might do what? It might free up the elders Mm -hmm. in a local church to do other important work. I think it is very easy for elders to get bogged down in their work as decision makers and neglect other work like shepherding and counseling and advising and just caring for the spiritual health of individual members of the church. And by the way, let me clarify in case some of our listeners may be wondering if if I'm going off base here. We're talking about two leadership teams here. Mm-hmm. we're recognizing that Scripture gives to elders the responsibility of the spiritual oversight of the church. But why can't we have another leadership team that makes major decisions, that sets the direction of the church, that makes day-to-day decisions, and why can't members of that team be others who may not be elders? That's what we want our listeners to consider in this podcast. Well, and again, we're back to Acts 6 which is such a biblical concept. Okay. Uh, we have talked about that as such an influential um, concept there in Acts, where I think most elders are overwhelmed. There's so much to do. There's so much for the direction of the church and counseling and listening to people and people that are upset and all of the decisions that have to be made about property or whatever, that they really need help. And this is a good way to give them help with people that are completely aligned with the mission. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, honey. Act six, the apostles created another leadership team. Right, because they couldn't do it all. They delegated to a group of men who were full of the spirit and who had certain qualities and said, now we want you to do this. So there you go. They, They started another leadership team. Well, and you know, it's becoming harder to get um, men to be elders of a church. And I wonder if they just do not believe they have the time to bite all that off. And um, I, I, I understand that. I agree with it. And half the time, I think elders believe they're signing up and accepting a calling to be spiritual mentors and directors and shepherds of a church, and they end up doing everything else under the sun but that. They end up making more decisions than they probably need to be making. 
Others need to be making those decisions. They need help. Yeah, they need help. Well, friends, this will be the last podcast episode of this year. And I can't believe I just said that, that we're already in December. I just got used to writing 2022, I think, last week. (laughs) We plan to return after the first of the new year with new seasons of podcasts. And one that focuses on ones that will focus on different topics. And by the way, with the coming of the new year, we will begin a new online community Bible study on January the 8th. We'll be starting a study of the Gospel of Matthew, and we would absolutely love to invite any of you to join us for that study. We're going to be publishing a reading guide pretty quickly, so just let us know you would like to be a part of this online Facebook group, and we'll make sure that you are a part. In the meantime, happy holidays and all the best for the new year and may God's richest blessings be yours. And here we come, 2023.